This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and does not replace your own financial, tax, legal, or financial product advice. Hey, hey, welcome to Gen Z Money. I'm Glenn James. Today, we've got a treat for you, a good friend of the podcast and the whole My Millennial Money Gen Z world thing that we do. Uh, Alex, she's going to be talking about what she did to get to the UK. Now, I know that we can't travel right now, but I want you to use this episode to be encouraged. I want you to use this episode to get some handy ideas. Probably got a year of planning, right? Because we can't travel soon, but we can't do any of the podcasts that we do for Gen Z Money without our show partner, Shopback. Shopbacks, it's an amazing thing because you're paying for crap online anyway. So why not use the Shopback platform and let them split the commission they get with you to get instant cash in your bank account? That's basically how it works. And the wild thing is, it's really hard to understand that you get literally cash in your account for your shopping. I've had friends that have used this and legitimately got hundreds of dollars. So if you are new to Shopback, sign up via the link in the show notes and get your $10 introductory bonus. And thank you to Shopback. Let's enjoy this episode. Hello, Australia. Welcome to Gen Z Money. I'm Glenn James. Today, we're talking about moving to the UK. And remember, Gen Z Money We've got a variety of different guests. We've got a variety of topics. You know, the top of Gen Z is like 24, 25 years old. The bottom could be like 10 years old. So, we've just got to know that some episodes will not be exactly for you, but some will be. So, just give us some grace while we work out how to sort out this podcast and what we're doing. So, Alex, welcome to Gen Z Money. Thank you. Thanks for having me. No worries. So, you're going to give us your top three tips moving to the UK So, before you get into the tips, just tell us a little bit about your life and how and when you moved to the UK and why and all that stuff. Sure. So, I'm 26. I work in IT and cybersecurity and I have recently moved back from the UK. Um, I spent 12 months, a bit over 12 months in the UK. I did an episode actually for M3 Money where uh, I talked about my experience while I was in the thick of it, Um, but I'm back now which is great to be home, but also had the best time ever. So I'm happy to talk to it and talk about how great it was because I think um, it's something that everyone that wants to do it should do. Yeah. And you you didn't move back because of COVID. You moved back pre-COVID. However, if you do want to deep dive into Alex's time in the UK, you can head back to My Millennial Money podcast and we talk, I think, for over 40 minutes on that. All still relevant. All still relevant. Yes. Totally. Okay. Do you want to start with like your number one tip or build up to number one? How would you like to do it? I think I might do it in order of how you would execute the tips. Perfect. Great. Okay. First tip. First tip is research. Ooh. So, I think it's really important to research before you leave. Go in there with an educated view of what it's going to be like, what's going to happen. Seek out as many resources as you can and make connections before you leave. I think I really underestimated the power of connections over there. The people who I knew before I left enriched my experience so much because it was just a sense of familiarity, um, people that know you and 
at least just someone to make connection with that has a little bit of background on you just to make you feel comfortable because you can go in there and every day see people that you don't know and just not you know not bump into anyone that you know or you know have it have a chat with someone that knows you so if if someone doesn't have friends in the UK already or someone doesn't have family in the UK already what would you say is the go to to get that uh, connection first? Is it like the accommodations and Facebook groups? What's Yeah, Facebook groups is actually a really good way of doing that. Um, if you go to a hostel in London, you will find plenty of Aussies or Kiwis or um, South Africans. So that is a great way. But to do that before you go, Facebook groups as well. Aussies in London, I spoke about on my previous podcast and I stand by it. It's a great way to connect with like-minded people put it out there, you know, you, you're moving overseas. So you, you're going to have to put yourself out there at times. So, you know, yeah, practice, r- exactly. Write a post, you know, talk to people about what you're interested, what you're going for. There's tens of thousands of people in groups like that, that will, there's bound to be a couple of people who you can relate to. Or what if you on your own Facebook or Insta were like, Hey guys, I'm moving to London or plan to in six months or next year after COVID. Does anyone have any friends or family that are there at the moment who are around my age that I could just connect with and ask a couple of questions? Great idea. Yeah. It can be on your Facebook. It can just be word of mouth. Put it out there with your family and your friends say, I'm moving. I bet someone will say, oh, you've got an aunt there or "Oh, my friend lives there. And even though you may not ever reach out to them, just to have the security of knowing that there's someone there you could reach out to if you got in a bind or you're a bit stuck. Yeah, totally. That's awesome. So I guess that's important because even just that research and reaching out can lead to other opportunities like accommodation or work or whatever. Absolutely. Yeah. And work in particular. Um, Having a job and having somewhere to live and having friends are the three things that will get you by and you can't do that on your own. Yeah. And the good thing is like at the moment with COVID, like you obviously can't travel at the moment. So use this time to do the research. Absolutely. And get inspired. And save money. <laughs> yeah. So that that leads me into my second Let's tip. Let's do that. Which is plan financially, but overestimate how much you mm. think you'll need to spend. You can plan and plan and plan, but I guarantee there will be things that come up, both positive and negative, that are unexpected. You know, there's always the negative things, you know, your phone gets stolen or, you know, something along those lines happens that you need to be financially prepared for. But also on a positive note, someone reaches out and says, we're going to Nice this weekend, do you want to come? And you don't want to be over there and stuck, not be able to take those opportunities. Um, And living on the line. Exactly, exactly. So definitely overestimate. And if that means you have to spend a bit more time saving and planning to go, I think it would be so worth it because – it's going to give you a bit more longevity over there to push through the hard times because you have a bit of a buffer to get through. And I think like if you are in Australia and you are financially stressed, it's stressful. But then imagine adding another level of homesick. You're in a different place. So I think it is just so wise to not run on the line. Absolutely. In Australia, we're the lucky country and there's – safety nets and security that surround us that make us feel a bit better in those times of need. When you're in another country, it's it's much more difficult to seek out those safety nets or to even know what they are. Mm. And your third banger. 
go with intent. So ensure that the reason that you're going overseas is really strong and known to you and you're passionate about it. And once you know that when you're over there, you know, take the bull by the horns and live out that intent. Because if you go over there a bit wishy-washy about, oh, you know, my friends are or everyone does it, I think you're going to find that you'll want to come home sooner than you probably expected. Yeah. So, an example there is like, oh, I've got two friends that are living in London and they're like, oh, come over, come over. And you're like, oh, okay. And you're kind of going over because there's a bit of FOMO or you want to go because they're encouraging you. I think it's a question to ask yourself, hey, if they weren't there, is part of your life plan or strategy, whatever you want to call it, is to go to London for a year or go to London for six months? And if the answer is no, you probably need to just go, okay, what do I want my life to look like? Because I think in my life, the most regrets that I've had or the mistakes that I've made is because I've done things without intent. I fell into a situation where it's like, oh, hang on. If that wasn't a prompt, I wouldn't have done that. Yep. And sometimes you can get caught up in what people, other people are doing, what your friends are doing, what you see online, what people posting their Instagram pictures that live out this glamorous life from from the outside. It's actually a really tough going. So if you don't have that passion to be there for, you know, to travel or for a work purpose or, you know, just to see things and be outside of your comfort zone, once you step outside your comfort zone, it's going to be really tough. Yeah, so I think there's there's there might be three, I'm just thinking off the cuff, there could be three main intent reasons to go to the UK for a year. It could be one, I want to do a year or six months of study through university over there. So I'm going to study life broadening experience, all that, and I can enjoy life with that study as the main pillar of the trip. Yep. Or it could be I'm a bit older and I finish uni in Australia. I've got some work experience. Oh, stuff this. I've, you know, I'm gonna go over there and work for a year. And I guess the third one is I want to do it just because I want to live in London and work in London. And that could be I'm not formally qualified in university, but I want to do it just for the life experience. Yep. And that you might be thinking, well, that doesn't sound like much intent, Glenn. Well, it is because you've decided you want to do that. You haven't been just sucked up over there because of other people's plans. That's right. And what happens if you get over there because you followed your friends there and their plans change and they say, oh, I'm actually going to move to Dublin. Are you going to follow them to Dublin? Exactly. Or are you going to stay in London and live out your intention there? And I think you just have to be so confident in that. And so then when it is time to go home, you're confident, you've lived out the intent that you, the purpose that you had to go there and you're happy going home. And that's totally the feeling that I had coming back earlier this year is that I'd lived out my intent and I was comfortable coming home and, you know, being back with my family. Yeah. So, one last question on the intent. Your intent was to work over there. That's ish. right. Yep. That's right. But also to have the experience of being outside my comfort zone, meeting new people and also traveling, getting mm. to experience a lot of Europe that wasn't a six-week holiday, um, you know, in June, July, um, you know, once every couple of years. Yeah. It was to go on weekends away, see things that I wouldn't see normally. So, And your work situation, work actually sponsored you. How was that for you? And I guess because everyone's situation is different, but what was your exact situation? 
I had connected with a colleague who was living and working in the UK who was building a team. And so I had interviewed and accepted a role while I was still in Sydney and moved over there with the intent or the you know, contract to start work. Yeah, great. And then I guess what happened for you was you were made redundant, the role. That's right. Yeah. So, you thought, well, I'll take this opportunity. I've had my fun in the sun. I've had my intent, I guess, fulfilled. Well, yeah, I might go back home and start building my life now. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And also, I was on a pretty good wicket with the team that I was in, the company that I was working for, and the money that I was making. And that afforded me a really nice lifestyle in London. And it was tough to find, to replicate that as someone without connections, because all of that had been built off connections that I had already made. So I knew that to continue seeing out that lifestyle, it was going to be tough to find work. So I made the decision to come home. And it's not to say I wouldn't go back. I would totally do it again, but it has to be under the right circumstances. Yeah. And I think that's the thing with the intent. So if we use those three categories that we talked about, you need to make sure that like most of the time you can't have it all. And what I'm talking about is if you've got friends in Australia who are in their 20s and they're buying a house or an investment property and all that, it might be the case that you can't actually do that if your goal is to live in London to do one of those intent things that we've talked about. So, I think you need to be also like, don't be upset that you can't buy a house because everyone in Australia is buying a house that you know or saving for a house. No, you're living in the freaking UK and having the best time of your decade and that's okay. And own that. And own it. Exactly. If you can't own it and you feel like you have to um, justify it to people and or you don't feel comfortable having that conversation saying, no, I'm actually not going to save for a house deposit. I'm saving to have this great experience overseas. If you can't have that conversation confidently, then maybe the intent really isn't strong enough for you. Mm. But if it is, go for it. Love it. Well, Alex, thanks for jumping on Gen Z Money and you can follow Gen Z Money on Instagram. And thank you, Alex. No problem. All right. Bye-bye. We acknowledge the dark and young people, traditional custodians of the land on which our studio sits, and pay respect to their elders, past and present. We extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who may listen to our podcast. This podcast is for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general financial advice only, which does not take into account your objectives, financial situation, or needs. Because of that, you should consider if the advice is appropriate to you and your needs before acting on the information. If you do choose to buy a financial product, read the product disclosure statement and obtain appropriate financial advice tailored to your needs. Simo Interactive, Proprietary Limited, the publisher of the podcast, is an authorized representative of Money Sherpa, Proprietary Limited, which holds financial services license 451289.